Hi, I'm Georgia, and welcome to Faith and Friends. I'm so glad that you decided to join me in my conversation today. Together, we're going to laugh, maybe cry, and use this time to grow stronger in our faith while hanging out with some really awesome humans. My prayer is that these conversations spark a deepening of your faith, and your soul truly feels refreshed. and welcome to a new episode of Faith and Friends. I'm really, really excited because today we're talking to Rachel Cruz and let me tell you about this sister, okay? She is a two-time number one national best-selling author, financial expert, and the host of The Rachel Cruz Show. And since 2010, Rachel has served at Ramsey Solutions where she teaches people how to avoid debt, save money, budget, and how to win with money at any stage in life. She's authored three best-selling books, including Love Your Life, Not Theirs, and Smart Money, Smart Kids, which she co-wrote with her dad, Dave Ramsey. And so today we're going to be talking about Rachel's new book, Know Yourself and Know Your Money. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Georgia. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for joining us. I'm literally so excited. Happy New Year. Yes, I know. Happy New Year. We're here. 2020 is over. <gasps> we can breathe. We made it. <laughs> we made it. I didn't know if we were. For a hot second, I didn't know if we were, but we made it. I know, right? And honestly, I can't think of a better thing to start off the year with talking about than knowing yourself and knowing your money. Like, this is something to, Rachel, I'm in my last semester of college. You're in college, Georgia. That's amazing. When it, it's when so fun. You graduate. Okay, this semester. What are you? What are you? What are you studying? So I'm studying songwriting at Middle Tennessee State, just down the road. Yes. And it's so fun. But man, when it comes to knowing myself and my money, girl, this is like actually something I am not good at. And with your help and like knowing about your life, I'm like learning so much. <laughs> good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad because money. It's a it's an intimidating topic. It can be a very shameful topic for a lot of people if you've made a lot of mistakes. So it just is confusing. There's a lot of it. So my, my prayer always is to give people a very clear path of exactly what to do and really at the ultimately so that they can control their money and their money doesn't control them. Yes, that's so good. And honestly, growing up outside of knowing like, hey, we tithe our first 10%, and I didn't really know a lot. Yep. And, and I love that in your book, at the very beginning, you were like, hey, how you live your life and you know your money is because of what you were taught. And I yes. was like, oh my stars. This of course makes sense. But like, you also were very quick to say, hey, it's not all on your parents. Like they were doing what they thought was best with what they knew at the time. And so yeah. that was so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Well, it's such talking about, you know, your parents, it can be difficult. So we, even when you say like childhood home, people are like, no, I don't want to go back and think about it. You know, some people like don't want to, don't want to go there, but really realizing, okay, you know, you're not here to bash your parents. You're not here to defend them. You're just here to tell the truth. And what's the truth of the situation? And the, the more truthful you can be with yourself, the more of the self-awareness you're going to see, because I've just learned that Georgia of like, for 10 years, I've talked to people about how to handle their money, mm -hmm. how to budget, how to get out of debt, how to invest, how to refinance, how to do all these things. And I started to realize, wow, you know, a big part of personal finance, it's 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge. That how-to stuff is such a small part of actually winning with money. 
to win with money, you have to do the stuff you're, you're hearing. You know, you actually have to put into practice these things and change your behavior. And it's so hard for people. So when I started to realize, okay, well, if I dig into the behavior side and understand why you're doing the things you're doing, why the behaviors are there in the first place, you can start to change those money habits from bad ones to good ones. So starting there with your childhood and unpacking that and just being honest with, yeah, this is how I grew up. And maybe that's a correlation of why I view or see money the way I do today. Oh, that's so good. And, and I love that you start this off with childhood money classroom and it's all learned good or bad, but you have to have the good, the bad, and the in-between to know how to go forward. And so then you start talking about these different money classrooms. Can you tell our friends, like, what's a brief overview of the different classrooms and how do they impact us? Yes. Well, when you look at how money's communicated in a home, it's really in two ways. It's emotionally communicated, whether it's very stressed or it's just really calm mm -hmm. and obviously verbally communicated. So it's either open and you talk about it or it's closed. So when I was writing the book and figuring this out, I was like, oh, this makes a quadrant. I was like, I love graphs. I was like, thank <laughs> Jesus, here's a quadrant. But it really ends up forming these four money classrooms. So the first one is the anxious classroom. So this is if you grew up with money and it was closed verbally, it was never talked about and emotionally stressed. Mm. So you kind of felt tension around the subject, but you never really knew why you couldn't pinpoint it because no one ever talked about it. Mm. And then the second money classroom is the unstable money classroom. And this is when it was verbally open, but emotionally stressed. So it was a lot of conflict, a lot of fighting. You probably heard your parents fight about money in the same fight over and over again. They may have had fights with, extended family about money. I mean, you just, it was there. And then there's the unaware money classroom. And this is where it's verbally closed, but emotionally calm. Mm. So it wasn't talked about, but you didn't feel any tension. It was kind of just like your head was in the sand about money and it just was what it was. You didn't really think much about it. And then the fourth money classroom is, is the healthiest out of the four. And that's the secure money classroom. And this is where it's verbally open and emotionally calm. So money was controlled, you know, you, there was really this sense of security there, but also it was talked about and it was open. And so I always tell people, you know, a goal currently for your present day family, if you have one, is to kind of go to that, that fourth quadrant. Um, but pinpointing where, how you grew up is important because each one kind of comes with their weaknesses that you may have to overcome as an adult. Wow. That is so much. And I just love it. All of our friends need to definitely like dive in and get this book. And it literally just came out a few days ago and I'm just so excited. Oh. Thanks Georgia. It's so fun. I literally just finished the fourth quadrant talking about the secure classroom. And I loved that you said, you know, your childhood may have given you a rocky start, but that doesn't make or break you. I love that because it's so Sometimes as humans, we're so quick to say, oh, I'm just this way because that's just the way I am. Yeah. But what I love in what Jesus calls us to is like, no, I came to give you the best. Okay. Yes. Yes. And we have to meet him there and we have to, you know, like you said, it's 80% going for it and 20% yep. knowing it. <laughs> that's right. No, it's exactly right. And I think, you know, part of this journey of understanding how you grew up, your money tendencies, your fears, your dreams, all of the whys behind money what it ends up doing is it exposes who you are and some of it is great and there's a lot of strengths that you'll see. And then you'll see the parts of you that you're like, Oh, gross. I don't like that. Like that's not a good part. And I have multiple of those that I write about in the book, you know, the spending whole section on spending. I'm like, Oh, I was writing to myself. I was like being convicted as I was writing it. I was like, Oh no. Um, but it was good because I think those are the things that you can grow from. Those are the things you can change. 
And ultimately, those are the things you can go to Jesus with and like lay at his feet and say, redeem this part of me. Yeah. Because it's gross. I don't like it, but it is, it's there. So how, how to change that. That's so good. And that's what I love about the way that you write too, is you're so personal and you tell these stories that like, I just feel like I've known you forever. Like you were talking about, I think it was Katie's house and spaghetti, or I just loved that because I could relate. And it's just, I kind of like that you're in my business too about all this stuff because you're not going to go anywhere if you're not honest with, with where you're at. And, and that's something too, for the longest time, I thought, you know, in my little, you know, 21 years of life of thinking, here's Jesus and here's money. Okay. Like this is where it needs to be. But really like we're supposed to give it all to him. And like you said, let's lay it down. And what does, what does that look like? It looks like being honest with yourself and then you can know your money. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think your perspective as a believer, I think you're right. I think in our heads, they are two separate things, but when you really take stewardship, which just means management is what that word is. Steward is a manager. That idea from your head to your heart, your whole perspective on money changes. Like when I know I don't own the stuff, I don't own it. I'm not the owner. I'm just managing it for him. Number one, it takes you to scripture to say, okay, God, what do you say about money? If I'm handling your resources, what do you want me to do with this? Mm. And so there's, I mean, there's more scriptures on money than heaven and hell combined. I mean, like it's constant, so much about money. And it's in there. It's all in there. And so that's a, that's a big part of it. And I think another part too is when you live with a, with a manager mentality, you live with an open hand automatically. Mm-hmm. Like, right, when you think you own it, you try to control it, you kind of tight fist everything. And man, when you just know it's not mine to begin with, you open that hand. And I think outrageous generosity flows out of that. But also our lack of control. Like there's mm-hmm. things to, to do with your money that's wise. It's wise to get mm-hmm. out of debt. It's wise to live without debt. It's wise to get an emergency fund. I mean, there are basic principles that are biblical to do with money. But ultimately what you're saying is like, God, the, I'm here for you. So you tell me what to do. And there's, there's such power and peace when that's your perspective. When you try to control everything, that's when, that's when a lot of stress can, can occur. Yeah. Wow. I love that because we're, we're called to live in freedom and that is where too our money heart posture should be too with our finances. I love that. I'm like getting super hype about this now. <laughs> Good. I'm so glad. <laughs> oh man. And then you start talking about the seven major money tendencies, which that also blew my mind. What can you share a few of those? Yes. So this was interesting. So this is really neither, neither one of the tendencies we talk about in these groups are right or wrong. So there's not like a moral compass with this. It's just how you're wired. And what I was hoping to do with this is just give you language to understand again, why you handle money the way you do. So one of the spectrums is spender versus saver. Naturally, which one do you lean to? And neither one is right or wrong. They're just different. And, and, and any extreme of these tendencies can get unhealthy, right? Like if you're just an extreme spender, you're going to be broke your whole life. But if you're an extreme saver, then you just hoard, hoard, hoard. And scripture says building bigger burns, right? Like there's, there's no good in that. So the extremes are not good, but just your tendency. So spender versus saver. What are you, Georgia? Are you spender or saver? 
Oh, man. Honestly, I think I'm a spender. Me too, Georgia. Oh, I'm exposing myself. <laughs> no, I'm a spender. I'm oh, a spender good. for sure. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, and that's good. And I think to recognize it, because you can see some red flags that come up, mm -hmm. but also you can embrace it. And you're like, you know what? Like, it's, a, it's okay. It's not a bad thing to spend. Yeah. Uh, one of the spectrums is when you spend money, do you value experiences or things? So do you value like a nice dinner out or a vacation or I'm a mom with three kids, so like going to the zoo, like doing things experience-wise, getting a massage, whatever it is, or things, like tangible things, like you appreciate a nice purse or you appreciate getting a few new shirts. Like, I don't know, whatever it is, like mm -hmm. you, you value one or the other. So for me, mine's experience. Me I, too. I, I love experiences. I'm like, take me to a good restaurant and I'll be so happy. <laughs> yes. I love it. Cause that you can't, you can't replace and like a yes. t-shirt can be replaced, but that's how I am. I love a good experience. Yes. That's so good. I know. Well, my husband, he's, he's a thing guy. He like, for him, he's like, I I've worked hard and I want to, it's so utilitarian, but he's like, I want to buy something that advances my life and helps my life. And I can use over and over again. And I worked hard for it. I don't want it just to be gone. Like I want to be able to use it. We laughed because even our Christmas lists are so opposite. I'm like, I want a small gift card. And he wants light bulbs that connect to Alexa that will like turn on. <laughs> if you say Alexa, turn living room on. Like, it's so funny. It's like, we're so different, but neither one's right or wrong. It just is what it is. Yeah. Um, there's one that's quality over quant or quantity. So when you buy, if you got a hundred dollars, would you buy six little fun things or would you get one nice thing? And so Ooh. for me, I'm quantity. I would rather have like 18 pairs of cheap earrings and be great than like one or two nice pairs. So I love, I love quantity. I like Me to have options. Too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so good. It um, another one is, um, uh, Oh, the motivation to why you want to win with money. So people mm -hmm. that say, you know what, I want to start budgeting. I'm going to start getting out of debt. What's your motivation of why for some people mm -hmm. it's all security and it's, that I just want to be good. I want to feel good about my money. I want to be safe. I want, I want that security of what money can bring. And then the other side is status, which sounds bad. I don't mean it to be bad, but the status side is, you know, I'm going to make these sacrifices so that I can do something better on the other side. And so I lean status. I'm like, I will budget, but so I know I'm budgeting for something fun. Like <laughs> I'll make yeah. the sacrifice, but I want to know on the other side, I can do something fun with the money. That's so good. So then you can go and make those memories on that vacation. That's it. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> or get all the little earrings you want, you know. That's right. That's right. Either or, either or. And you said you're a sweet mama of, of three. Like when you, because that's something, you know, I'm graduating college and like I'm getting a little older and you start thinking about like all these adult things rather than, okay, what am I going to choose my major to be? That's like something I have never really thought about is, how am I going to talk to my kids about money? How was that for you in starting out? Yes. Well, mine are still pretty young. They're five, three, and one. Aww. But my five-year-old, she, she grasps it. Like she understands that if you work, you get paid. So if you do chores, we'll pay you. And she understands that money buys things and money buys a new Polly Pocket or like whatever she Aww. wants. Like, so like just starting those really, really small um, interactions, I think is really healthy. And then I also mm -hmm. think eventually having the conversations as well of like what money is and right like we said earlier like money is is it, it's ultimately god's but it's mm -hmm. also used as a tool in our lives it's not our idol it's not our god no. um, but money can be used in our life to advance our life it can be used to help other people 
Um, there's a lot of like ways to look at money emotionally, spiritually, financially. And so I think having those kind of conversations, but ultimately I've learned that more is caught than taught. Mm. So your kids are watching you. So any mamas out there, new moms, they watch everything. And that's, that's a big part of the responsibility Winston and I feel of like, we want to do this well. So they see it. I want them to see us say no to ourselves, right? Like mom mm. wants a new car but I'm not going to right now because we got to save up the money. Like I want them to see the boundaries that we create among ourselves as well. That's so good. I love that. And that's something even within my college budget that I've realized personally is I want to be able to have the finances to, to just give back to people. When I just, when I see a friend that needs a Bible and I'm like, I really just want to go buy them one, but I don't, have the funds to do that right now. It's those little things that it's like, that's where my heart burns. And so it's like, okay, let's figure out Georgia Brown, how you can budget. So then you have that emergency scripture fund for your friends. Yes. I love that. Yes. But you are still in college, Georgia. You have grace. Lots of grace. That's true. That's true. A lot of grace. Oh, thank you very much. (laughs) What would you tell like yourself back when you were, you know, 20, 21? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would say enjoy the season of life you're in. I feel like Mm -hmm. so easy to say like the next thing, like, oh, until I get my first job or, you know, for you, when I write that first song, you know, that becomes a hit. (laughs) Or when I have kids, when I move to the city that I wanted to be to, like it's so easy just to continue to advance. And I feel like you just miss so many opportunities in the moment of what God has for you, like right there in the season. And it can be easy to be discontent and, you know, looking toward the future. but I would say there's just so many fun times in the present mm-hmm. and I wish I had just kind of sat there a little bit more. I love that. That's so good. And it's, it's, that brings my heart so much joy because this past year, you know, in 2020, it was with my job, you know, all I, you know, little Georgia was just a tour guide of MTSU's campus. And that is not a lot to, um, to pay the bills, you know wow. what I'm saying? <laughs> And so I truly had to surrender my whole schedule, my finances, everything to the Lord and be like, okay, if I'm giving four or five tours this week, Mm. Lord, thank you for number one, who the people I'm meeting. And you know, what's so cool, Rachel, a lot of the time it was like recording industry students that would be on my tour and like, they don't plan that it's literally Jesus. And so just surrendering that and knowing he's got me in this, in this year, in this time and in this season that it's okay. And so I'm so glad you said that because it's the truth. I don't yes. want to miss what God's doing because I'm stressed about that's something right. that's out of my control. That's so true. And I think when you start to do that on a high level with your life, with your money, you start to see that too. Cause I think as well, like we feel like there's like this finish line of like, okay, I, I want to acquire X, Y, and Z. And once I get that stuff, I'll be okay. And mm-hmm. then you get the stuff and then there's the next thing and there's the next thing or money even. Like there was a study done that people that made $30,000 and they said, do you feel rich? And they're like, uh, no. But if I made $75,000, I would feel rich. And they talked to people making 75,000. They said, do you feel rich? And like, oh no, if I made 150,000, that would be rich. They go and talk to 150,000. They're like, no, if I made... 250 I'd feel and it just kept going I mean million I mean they talked to people that made three million dollars a year and they're like do you feel rich like no but five million would feel that way like the finish line keeps moving and so I'm like Mm. yeah like once you understand that it allows you to be content in the present right when you know that once you 
write that song, you'll be like, okay, I want to write three more like that. Or yeah. once you get married, it's like, okay, when are we going to buy a house? And once you buy a house, it's like, okay, well, when are we going to have kids? Like it keeps moving. There's always things to look forward to, but stay in that present. Cause that's, yeah, the people and the opportunities God has for you are right there. That's so good. And it makes me think of that quote from the Muppets where Miss Piggy says, more is never enough. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> but that's so true. Like I remember growing up and this is like a little example, but my, my mom would always tell me like, Georgia, you're just never satisfied. Cause I would get, you know, a pair of shoes and I'd be like, Oh, well look at these, these new air force ones everyone has, or, Oh my gosh, miss me jeans. I don't know if you remember what those are, but they were no. these jeans with like crazy fun designs on the pockets oh, and they yes. were like a hundred dollars. And my mom was like, do you really need them? And I was like, yes, everyone has them. That's right. <laughs> and truly that's how my, my childhood was, is I just wanted more, more, more stuff. But let me tell you, girl, when I came to college and like fully started surrendering to Jesus, I'm just so satisfied in him. Everything mm. else is just like the cherry on top. Yes. That's so good. That's so good. I know. I always talk about that. It's okay to have nice stuff, mm -hmm. but don't let your nice stuff have you. Mm, and so having that nice pair of jeans, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But when it has you, whether you've gone into debt for it and now it owns you financially, or it has you because you truly believe that you'll be content or filled up or satisfied with that thing. That's a very dangerous you know, way to live. Because again, like we said, you're just gonna want more and more and more and more. And so yeah, having nice stuff is totally okay. Just don't let it have you. That is so good. Now, as we finished 2020, what was something that you learned with your finances this past year? Uh, I learned that fear is a terrible financial advisor. Mm. <laughs> so don't let fear dictate your money decisions. You can make really bad financial decisions out of fear. So when things hit like a pandemic and all this crazy stuff, you have to really focus on facts and, mm. and take the emotion of fear out of it. So I think that that's a, that's a big one for a lot of people. That's really good. So as we go into this new year, we're not going to let that fear control us. That's right. Exactly. Is there anything you're excited for with this new book and just the new year? Yeah, I am. I think that, I think this book, it just, again, it goes deeper into who we are when it comes to money, not just the tactical side. And I think that's, it's really exciting for me because for 10 years I've talked about the tactical side of money and that's so important. Like you need those things for sure. Yeah. Um, but really diving into the heart of people and getting people to a place, hopefully where they see themselves have some more self-awareness and can heal and change and do things within that self-awareness to help them not just win with money, but I think win in life and be more, more of a whole, a whole person. So that's what I'm really excited about. Oh my goodness. I just love that. And I'm just learning so much from you and your wisdom. And there's so much to learn and grow in that I'm just honored to talk to you. Oh, and Georgia, thank you. Oh my goodness gracious. So everyone needs to go get your new book, Know Yourself and Know Your Money. And they can find you at rachelcruz.com, right? That's right. Yep. Or anywhere books are sold. Oh, my stars. That's very exciting. Oh, well, everyone needs to go get your book. And I'm just so thankful that I can know myself and know my money better. Amen, Georgia. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I'd love to hear what your favorite part was. You can leave us a review here or send me a message on Instagram at I am Georgia Brown. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. More pep talks, words of wisdom, and fun conversations are headed your way soon.